Welcome to the stage. Welcome to the pod. My sister, the host of everyone's favorite new podcast, Very Delta on the Mom Network. Delta Work. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my God, thank you for being here. You look amazing. You look amazing. I love your backdrop. I love all your sparkly um, headphones. And also, I was just looking at you, thinking about the meme I sent you or tagged you in the other day about the tube top. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. Okay, so I wore the tube top for you today for that reason, because I was like, what am I going to wear today? And I get so hot when I do these. I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, but I get very hot. And so, yeah, I thought a tube top would be perfect. What was the meme that you sent me? It was like a joke about how now nowadays I ask for a light cardigan when like back in the day I wore like nothing walking. Right. How is it? How am I that same person that used to run around in a tube top at three o'clock in the morning and like had no problem with it? Right? I mean, heels. Heels, Delta. Like, I started in middle school, and I remember when I was a little girl, my dad was like, why are you starting with high heels so young? Like, I would know. Like, he would always ask me these intellectual, like, questions that, like, a child wouldn't know. And But, like, we started young in heels, and, like, high school, every day I wore heels to school. Like, why? Why? And now, not. I know in your mind, you still picture me as the girl that wears heels every day, but I'm not. Right, I do. I absolutely do picture you as that. Yeah, I'm not that girl. I've like, I'm like trying to get into sneakers as like my way of like wearing flats now. Like uh-huh. my little brother was like, oh, you're into sneakers now. And I'm like, really? It just like gives me an excuse to not have to wear heels anymore. Sure, sure. <sighs> Well, Delta, we're here. Before I start blabbing your ear off, I want to start with how we met for the listeners. I want them, you know, they've gotten to meet Raja. They've gotten Mm -hmm. to meet Manila. You're my third Heather, which I'm super excited about. And so, yeah, I want want the listeners to know how we met, your interpretation. Well, I mean, of course, on Drag Race, you know, you were, I don't know your exact title. I would say talent handler. That's like very, that's a very good, that's a very good name. Yeah. I was like a talent associate producer, which is the same thing. Okay. And, and you were, there was like, maybe like, uh, like, I I feel like there were other people around that sort of were supposed to be doing that too, but they didn't quite understand um, how to do that. And even though you, I feel like had not worked with a lot of drag queens before it, it like came to you immediately. You were like, these are people that are in a situation that they've never been in before. And if they have just a couple of their creature comforts, we're going to get from them exactly what we need. And so you were that person that was, would go in between like the other, the decision makers. And you were, you really did explain to them like, look, these are human beings. Like they need a second, like just give them a second. And if they can regroup and get themselves together, they'll give you what you need. And so we learned that like we had that in you because you immediately had our back and you were like a young, 
you know, young girl at the time. I mean, I don't know, or 23. I don't know how old you were. Yeah, Um, yeah, I was like 23, 24. Yeah, you still had like a really fine sort of a line to walk because, you know, people will joke about like, oh, Chanel Perillo, the party girl, this, that and the other, which is absolutely true. But also you were super professional in that position and you were in a precarious position. You had all of these like grown dudes (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? In yes. drag that were dragons and breathing all over you. And you had fucking, you were buttoning uh, dresses that had hairy backs and you were, people were sweating on you and you were there for every bit of it. And like, you were a shoulder to cry on for a lot of us, but you also were, and I, I mean, I don't know who listens to this from, you know, the world of wonder at the time, but you were just so like, you knew when, you had to hold and when to fold, like you knew, like you did your, you did your damnedest to keep everybody on track with what we were doing. I think the art of producing is having people not know you're producing that. Sure. I agree with that. I think that's true. You know true. what I mean? And and there is like a way to do it where, you know, like, yeah, there's an art form to it. I, I think without, you know, without being so obvious. Right. But I was so young and I'm glad that like I was a baby. I was like 20, 23 years old. Yeah. And you like you just I don't know from the day that we met each other. I kind of was I I started coming to Dreamgirls right away. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of like my stories in this timeline that I've been doing, like I've been kind of like going through the timeline of like the start until like where I am kind of now, if you will. And right. like. A lot, all of the, a lot of my stories, like all of it started at Dream Girls in the mm-hmm. alley of Dream Girls in Dream Girls, but like coming to your shows. And I got like so addicted. Like, I, what night of the week was that Dream Girls show? Tuesday nights. It was Tuesday. That's right. Because I, I said I only stopped going to Dream Girls when I started hosting Avita because that was on Tuesday nights. And it was like, right. Hard to do both, but yeah, it was every Tuesday and I don't think I missed one. And this time of year was my favorite time to go because of all the Halloween, like the best, the best. How did, how did dream girls come about? Like what, like, how did you girls start? Well, I, I came into the dream girls, like many decades into the dream girls already existing. So like there were people prior to me that were doing the show. So like, when I came in, Chad was there. And then also there was an entertainer named Marilyn Kiwi Hunter, who was Chad's drag mother, and then LaDonna. And a lot of them lived in San Diego. But at the time, we were doing uh, we were doing Dream Girls at Mickey's. So Mickey's, the Monday night show at Mickey's used to be the Dream Girls review. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up parting ways and moving over to Rage. And that ended up being Tuesday nights. But for the longest time, the run was Thursday nights at Ripples in Long Beach. No, it was Wednesday night at the Boom Boom Room in Laguna Beach. So we all did that. Then we would do Thursdays at Ripples. And then it would loop back to Mondays. And Mm -hmm. then, um, then Mondays moved to Tuesdays. Then we started like a thing at MJ's. Do you remember MJ's? Yes. Yes. That was not the place to do a drag show. It was mm-hmm. not. Mm-mm. But you and did one in it. San Diego too. I, I remember going to a Dream Girl show in San Diego. Still going strong. Like that's where, that's like sort of the hub right now for mm-hmm. the Dream Girls is at Urban Mo's in San Diego. And like a lot of new talent is there. And so Chad still runs that. 
Um, but as far as in LA, there's just not, you know, we ended up moving, trying to move Dream Girls to Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for that dedicated group of people that used to come to Mary's, I mean, come to Rage, the show at Rage, when we moved to Mary's, it was like kind of off the beaten path in a way. It was and never so the people, same. Yeah, it was just a thing where people were like, we love you, but we don't love you that much. And it was like, I get it. It wasn't a disrespect. It was just a thing. I mean, part part of going to the clubs in, you know, on Santa Monica in WeHo proper is kind of hopping around. That's mm-hmm. just the idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's changed quite a bit. For those listening and not watching, I want Delta came in like full drag for me tonight. And so I want you to tell me what you're wearing. Well, it's Halloween for mm-hmm. me is, I mean, Halloween's all year round. So I would mm-hmm. wear this all year round probably, but you know, it, this, I feel like this is probably coming out obviously in October. Um, mm-hmm. And like, and so and like, I'm wearing okay, this, wait. like this blouse that's got like skeletons with pumpkin heads on it. And then like a white collar. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, I'm not wearing bottoms. <laughs> no, I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm not wearing drag bottoms as usual. I'm wearing the like RuPaul on the main stage, you know, sweatpants or whatever. But this would be tucked into like a pencil skirt, maybe. Yeah. And then I have a, a what? I have like a gray wig with a dark root bangs, mm. my cat glasses. These mm. are the nails. <gasps> Ooh, you, you even put on fucking nails for me. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have to tell you. I remember when I first started doing Very Delta and I reached out to you, I was like, the idea was I wanted my friends on the podcast because I feel like my close friends are people who, and I count you as that, obviously, my family, because even though we don't work together consistently, after working on the show together, you behind the camera, me in front of the camera, I quickly realized that I'm always going to be connected to you both personally and professionally. Like it's always going to be that way because when you network with a group of people and then become friends with them, whether, you know, you know, probably better than anybody that in this industry, you have to be specifically reality. You have to be able to have a a producer's eye on something, but you have to know how to be the talent. You have to know how to model a little bit You have to know the eye of a photographer a little bit, a makeup artist a little bit, a hairdresser a little bit. You have to be able to do all of those things, but one of them stands out over another. So when I started doing the podcast, I was like, I have to have Chanel here because we have some really great stories. And I remember you saying, I kind of want to do a podcast too. And I was like, girl, please, you came above and beyond for me. You came glammed out. Like, Mm. if you ever do it, please, I would love to do it. You were like, it's going to happen. And it happened sooner than later. Like you put this into, like you put it out there and then you did it. Like, and I just was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe I'm going to be a guest on her show. Like we said we were going to do these things and we're still doing them. We are still doing them. Mm-hmm. Even in your, your role as a, a talent producer. I, I heard somebody use casting, the term. Casting director. Casting director, but somebody told me, used another term the other day. Anyway, it was someone like something about <laughs> talent acquisition or something. And I was like, <laughs> dick, you swear. But even in, in that job, there's been position, uh, points where you've like said, hey, is this a good fit for you? Is it, this might be a fit. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh no, it's not a fit this time. And you're like, all right, maybe another time something might be a fit. Maybe it'll never be a fit. The point is, when you have that wide net of friends and professional, 
you have your eye all the time going, oh, that, no, that person's not a fit. And the great thing is because we know each other personally, if something comes up, you wouldn't even mention it if you were like, no, I know this bitch. She would never, she, that's mm -hmm. not her. And you know that about a lot of people. That's a good thing about your personalities. You can read people like, and I don't mean read because you can do that too, <laughs> but you can tell what's good and what's not good for people you already know, talent, you know. I love that. Yeah. Oh, you say the nicest things. You really are. Like you sometimes like you'll just text me on a random day, the nicest things. And like you like something must have told you that I needed to hear that because it'll like come at like the perfect time. It's so weird. Oh, I love that. But it's true. I mean, I think when you know certain people, like you just know, like you, you I you've never you've never been a person that um requires anything of people. You're always been a person who's just like whatever you're giving at this time. I'm accepting of. And that's how I've always felt. I've always felt comforted. I even remember like when we were working on Drag Race, there was a couple of like maybe earrings or it was like certain things where you were like, oh, that reminds me of my mom. And we couldn't really do anything personally then because we were just seeing each other then. But then once we were released from jail, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there was a time where you were like, oh, this is my mom. And I saw a picture and I went that, I am so flattered that if anything that I remotely did suggested something about that whether it was a fragrance or a short short hairdo because your mom is more <laughs> like anybody that's listening to this once I got to realize what your family looked like who they were a bit and saw pictures of your mother I was like oh bitch it's <laughs> on that is that lady is stunning oh my god and she knew like I called her the that like when I got the job with world of wonder and drag and drag race and i was like do you know who rupaul is and she lost she was like she just knew she was like oh your life's about to change like oh, I like that. she knew like i didn't i had never met a drag queen and she what? was like never like i think we went to lips like once when because i grew up in san diego you know right like, so i think we went to lips like once but it wasn't like like i had never it was never like and now that I'm an adult, though, it's weird because I look back and I was so gay. Like, I like a gay uh -huh. man. Like, my grand, like, and that's why you reminded me so much of a mix of my mom and my grandma. Like, Love. so much in a sense of, like, me and my grandma obsessed. Like, all me and my grandma watched were Designing Women. Absolutely oh, fabulous. Like, everything was so, like, and then, like, my grandma admitted all this stuff. Like, her and my grandpa used to go to, like, not the Boom Boom Room, the Coca Cabana in New York oh. back when they, like, and, like, my grandpa used to take her to, like, trans shows. Like, that like they weren't called trans shows then. I think, like, what were they? There was, like, another name. But, so, like, it's always, and, like, and even to now, she's, like, I think you got, like, a lot of that stuff from me. And I'm, like, totally, grandma. Like, yeah. you, like. You inspired so much of that. But yeah, everything, even like the way that you put on perfume reminds me of like, you know, it was just like this comfort. Your drag was like comfort to me. I love that. It's so flattering. I love when people say that to me because I, I you know, a lot of queens want to be, I think that girl that, uh, especially in the beginning, that girl that's like, watch your boyfriends, watch your <laughs> boyfriends around me. And I'm like, no, watch your husbands. Like, I, I am flattered if somebody says I remind them of their aunt or a a, a, a a teacher or something, because it says to them, it says to me, 
that there's something comforting about that. And I mm-hmm. love, that's a great feeling. It's a trust that I, that I don't want to break with anyone. It is. You make people feel safe. So very Delta. Like, uh-huh. first of all, people are obsessed. It's something that like, I knew that you would, always, like, that's what's hard is like, when you know someone would be so good at something. And I'm sure that's how you felt when I said that, like, I wanted to do a podcast, but like, right. I, it took me over a year in therapy to start this. Like, wow. I would talked about it every, and before that it was years that I thought about it. Like I thought about it when we first went into COVID and just never, right. did, never did anything. Then my dad got sick and like, I was like, I'm not starting a podcast now my dad passed and I would, and that, and then my therapist, like she would start to see it. Like once she, like, you know, maybe the podcast would be a good outlet for you now that like he's passed. Sure. And it was every time I would go to do it, like I was just so emotional during those like beginning. So I was just like waiting. And then mm-hmm. Marco and Chris got me the like podcast stuff for my birthday last, like a year ago from August this year. Uh-huh. So like, it was like over a whole year. Like I didn't even take them out of the box. Like I would just like, wow. So like it to anyone, even like listening, like it could take, like, you could think I just got to a certain point where I was like, and this is the same reason why I got my boobs done is that if you think about something every day and it's like on your mind, like now I wake up in the morning and I don't think about starting a podcast because I started one. Like, even if it doesn't go anywhere, even if like I have four listeners by the end of this, like at least it's something that I don't think about every day. Right. Like, why didn't you start this? Why right. You, That's you know what so I mean? true. Yeah. Is that how, how was, how did very Delta? Cause I know that like Willem was a driving force and like getting <clears throat> everything started for a lot right. of people, but like, what was it like, what, how did very Delta come about for you? And like how, cause well, we I were doing we were doing very that. And I think that came up, you know, I for sure feel like podcasting in general, in general, that sort of the seed was planted when I did Race Chaser as a guest. And we did that in Willem's studio and Alaska was there and Big Dipper was behind this little curtain and I didn't know Big Dipper. But I remember when the episode came out, like there was a really great response because people were like, this feels authentic. This feels like we are hearing something from someone who has nothing to lose. Uh, or everything to lose and we're seeing a different side of this person and so I remember thinking like I love this like maybe I could do this never thought about it and then during the pandemic this idea of doing very that came up Mm -hmm. with Raja and that got a lot of momentum I think because during the pandemic people were away from their friends and so they liked listening and listening in on conversations Mm -hmm. where it reminded them of the way that they talk with their friends. You know, when you're in a really close group of friends that lasts for a very long time, you're the people who know each other at their absolute worst, but Mm -hmm. only champion their best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a very vulnerable time for me in general was my, my time on RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's something that you have in a box, like in this like sort of spiritual box, you have a place where you have seen me at my most frightened, mm-hmm. at my most vulnerable, at my angriest, at all of those things. And coming out of that, whenever I see you with other people or talking about me, all I hear is, oh, Delta's great. Delta's fierce. Delta's this. Even though you know all those things about me, you know my buttons better than a lot of people because they were not there. You were mm-hmm. there. That's the vulnerability, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so when we were when we were on uh, when we were during COVID, everybody felt vulnerable. Everybody felt scared, mm-hmm. and they wanted to hear their friends talk. So that happened. We came out of it. We were still doing that, but then Raja went on to go to do All Stars, right? And they were like, "What are we going to do?" And so Perfect then there was this timing. idea of like, well, let's fill it in with just a couple of like, you know, two months of like a fun thing. It'll just be a side project. And then it somehow took a life of its own because I feel like there are people out there, a lot of people who realize that it's 2023. And regardless of your age, for me, you know, I had the promise in the 80s of Back to the Future where we were going to be driving around and flying cars already. I had the promise in the 90s of, Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Voyager, where people all looked vastly different with horns coming out of their heads and they weren't able to eat food because they didn't have a mouth because they don't use food. And then people who were sexual and all these things, Mm -hmm. all living together, all working together towards a common goal. They were flying through outer space with this common goal. And so here we are with none of that. None of that. Like, oh, we're so far back to where we were. So I think when people watch Fairy Delta, I think they realize this bitch is not going to be able to solve anything. She's up here complaining about the minor things. And like, I like to say frying the small fish because people say, oh, there's bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The only ones that I can fry, cook and understand are the little ones. Like why there's soda on the lid of my drink. Like why it is that if I ask for a table at a restaurant and they give me a booth, I needed them to hear and listen to the words simultaneously. So I think people realize they're they're on board with the fact that this is a worksheet for my life. Just as your therapist, I think, said, maybe you can work things out. You know, I have some of my character flaws, some of my worst character flaws. I overthink everything into the point that I will no longer do it or I can argue myself out of wanting to do something because I look at all the negative parts, right? Mm -hmm. That's an awful character flaw of mine. Another character flaw is uh, impatience. If it doesn't happen right now and I don't have the answers, I don't want to wait. So I'm just like, I will walk away from things so quickly. And I know that's not good. And all of my close friends are like, girl, just relax. It's going to be okay. But for me, it's not going to be okay because you know, I'm kicking 50 in the ass and I'm still, we were just talking, texting mm-hmm. the other day about weird things professionally where you're like, am I still experiencing this? Why? Mm-hmm. Why is this shit still happening? It's just bizarre. I it's feel bizarre. like, I know. And I feel like it just gets weirder as we like get older. Yeah, <laughs> it does. But no, and you say, I think what people really love, yeah, I think I'm very Delta. You say the things that people think, but are afraid to say. Because they do seem minor. You know what I mean? Like, I used to have this huge rant about going in a fucking bank and how, like, when you go in a bank, like, time stops. Like, the clock stops. People are moving slower. There's, like, a weird sense of, like, who's the management and who isn't. There's a greeter. Like, someone's full-on job is just to greet me as I enter the bank. Like, it's just a weird place um and that's like something i could totally see you going off about is is the bank (laughs) absolutely um i do want to i mean i love the whole like my favorite part is like the i want to go off uh, on deltas they're just well you know i have to like i mean i think i don't i don't think people realize uh, maybe it's good maybe it's bad that like 
I don't know what I'm going to talk about until the camera turns on. So <laughs> like, we're like, what's the monologue today? And I'm like, you know what happened? I drove through Griffith Park and this is what happened. Or, and, and, and because it's just something that's like on my fucking nerves. And, and sometimes it's about things that I love, which should be more of that probably. Cause I do love a lot of things. And, you know, I'll always say, you know, I, I am 100% on board with the fact that it, knowing insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I do the same thing. Oh, I sat and bitched about Wendy's the other day. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Wendy's. I actually, I do like their breakfast potatoes. And people are like, why do you go there? If you're, if you know, you're going to be let down. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm useless. Like, I get it. I'm fucking you. Me and my friend Psychedella have this game playing. Are you more useless or more worthless? Like, how do you feel today? And they're like, I feel I have some worth, but I can't use it. Or I feel like I have no worth today. Are you talking about Psychedella Facade? Yes. Oh my God. I love her. I haven't seen her in so long. Nutcase. She's just I, as crazy I, as ever. I need to go to a drag show. It's been a while. I loved your whole fucking dry Swiffer, uh, Swiffers are a scam. Like, I have been saying this for years. Like, right? I, but I still buy, I still buy the wet ones. But you have to oh, buy we just the, bought the wet one the other day. You have to buy the advanced wet ones. Okay. And do you okay. want to know what they also don't tell you? Is that, do you know that you're supposed to? Like, I looked this up online because I was like, there's has to be like something else you do here. <laughs> you're supposed to like mop with the wet side until it's like done. And then you're supposed to flip it over yourself. Oh, put it back in the holes and then dry it with like the it's like the shiner, if you will, like the buff and shine kind of vibe. But it just seems so cheaply done. Like, so I feel like cheap. it's supposed, that the whole thing seems like a disposable version of something that's more permanent. Like, why isn't there like a hundred dollar version of one that does the thing, the rotation for you? It's like the beta version that's never been. Yeah, updated. like the throwaway. We're just going to clean up this, this like office real fast and then throw everything away when you're done. <laughs> I have these feelings all the time, like, like we're going to fucking Mars, like we have AI, like, like all these advances in technology, but like little right. technologies. Like I did, were you going, or someone else, I think it was, um, I, oh, I don't want to, I don't know, but someone was going off about gum. Like how has like gum not been updated in like forever? Luckily, right. I, I don't really like gum. I don't like to chew. Like there's something about like constantly chewing that I don't like. Um, like I'll chew it and then I spit it out. But Wait, gum, what are you drinking? It's an ice. It's an ice. It's an ice latte in a wine glass. What the fuck? I know, I'm drinking I'm the gonna... leftover remains of a diet coke, and there's no ice in it. And all the carbonation is gone, but it's here. I'm going to be up all night, but I, I needed like a little pick me up because I was casting all day. Um, yeah. Um, My grand, like, I, like you just, I literally, so I was at Marco's studio yesterday and I was like binging very Deltas. I was like binging the, I want to see you go off parts in the beginning. Cause I wanted to like find stuff that we, I, like I feel so passionately about too. Um, uh -huh. And I couldn't stop laughing. And everyone that would walk by would be like, calm down girl. And I'm like, I can't help myself. Don't be so <laughs> funny. Um, I love that. But like growing up, my grandma and I were so, we're just like, 
we judged every fucking drive through We judged mm-hmm. the ice. We judged the Diet Coke. Like I like, like if that Diet Coke is not crispy as fuck, like mm-hmm. I oh when it's like like when it tastes like regular Coke or when it tastes like it's the worst. Um, when did your love for Diet Coke start? Uh, I would. I mean, I think probably like in college. I would say. See, Delta, like, my family, like, I wanted it. Growing up, like, we were so addicted to soda that we had a refrigerator in the garage designated Mm -hmm. just to the soda. And my mom was like, oh, the neighborhood kids could help them. Like, very Italian. Like, they wanted everyone Uh to come to our house. And, like, kids were just drinking so much soda. But, like, I would go to school, like, go to, like, our, like, soccer camp practice with, like, soda in my in my water bottle and I would uh-huh. like and like the kids would like think it was so like I'm so lucky I have great teeth like I, I don't know how but right. like soda started young right you when was the last college? time you had a regular coke if I'm like hungover and it's like the only thing available then I'm like a coke is like nice if you've like drank too much wine the night before or something like having a little sip of like a Coca-Cola in the morning, like gets you together. But there is something special about it. It does seem like whenever I have like a taste of a regular Coke, I feel like I'm wearing someone's like borrowed diamond ring. Like it feels like you're not supposed to be doing this. So when you do it, like carry yourself differently, like, you know, make sure people are looking at you and you're like, Oh, I don't do this all the time. No, this is not mine. This is not mine. No, no. Oh, I know. But I know it's too rich. I know. I know. So, but when I take, I like the taste. It's not, and that's the interesting thing is people always ask like, well, how come you don't like Coke Zero? Because I know that Coke Zero is intended to taste like a Coca-Cola and I don't think it does. If I was at someone's home, here's the thing. And I know this is true about you as well. If I'm at someone's home, all of these things that I don't like or don't prefer or whatever, go out the window if I'm at someone's home and they offer it to me, because I'm not, I mean, listen, I'm a pig, but I'm not that much of a pig. So I'm not going to be disrespectful if someone's like, oh, my mom made red velvet cake. Would you like some? I'm going to, you know, sure. I'll have a piece and you eat it. And you, thank you so much. So generous of you. But like a lot of people are like, oh no, I know my rules. I let them know. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to let somebody's mom. I'm not going to talk to somebody's mom that way. I'm just not, you know what I mean? So people are like, well, you don't stand your ground. I thought you stood your ground. Well, I do in my home. Yeah. My home. And like, it depends. It's all like, such, like the closer I am with you, the more I let you see my piggery. Right. Yeah. I'll let you know. Like if, you it's came, a- if I went to your home and you said, hey, we're having a party. It's BYOB or whatever. Even if I wasn't going to drink alcohol, I would bring something alcohol centric. And then I would bring some Diet Coke. And I would be like, here you go. Like, I feel like that's, oh my gosh, I'm kicking this table. I feel like that's the way to do it. But anyway. Oh my God. That's so true. No, I'm like, and I, my mom didn't even like, let me like, I didn't even go to people's houses for dinner as kids because my mom knew how much of a monster I was and that like, I wouldn't like their food. Like, (laughs) I think that's funny. Well, at least she knew. She knew. She knew I was a monster. I also, I didn't tell anyone um, listening. I wore I pulled the bun out of retirement for you today. I'm noticing that. I'm noticing that. I have not worn the bun in a long time. I tried to retire it from. I just wanted something new, you know. And my hair. How long grew. is your hair right now? 
oh my God, like down my back. So this, this bun, there's nothing in it. It's you. This is all my hair. I wow. just used one of those nice little donut, the Sasha Colby donut. Oh, okay. It's not her brand. I, she should come out with a brand of donuts if she's listening Um, with her hair. I like. need to come out with a brand of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. The donut shop. Let's open a donut shop. We could. Have you ever made a, a cake mix with a can of soda? Do you know no. about that? No, what do you so mean? If you're ever looking to like, you're trying to make something and you want to cut calories, you can get a, a a cake mix, pour it in a bowl. And then generally, like if you're doing a vanilla, you would get a can of Sprite or 7-Up or something. If you're doing a chocolate, you would do a darker, like a, a, a Diet Coke. And mm -hmm. it will bake a full cake. You don't have to put any eggs, oil or anything in it. And it will, it is a little tackier on the edges, but it, it bakes up just like a cake and the calories are significantly cut. Yeah, it's wild. And it tastes really good. Good to know. It yeah. sounds like I'm being set up for like a prank, but no, I, I promise you. it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. How do you think I got this thin, girl? <laughs> you Hello? Amazing begging Delta. You were talking about how you would always think that you like invented things that or no, you you did. Like you you're an inventor. I'm an inventor. I'm a stylista before anyone else. I uh, invented the cowboy boot mule. Yes. When I was a little boy. <laughs> I really thought I did. I cut it and I was like, this is cute to like, you know, when I was a kid, like any reason to have like shoes that made noise that sounded like high heels. That was the thing. Right. Click, and I click, can't remember click, like, yeah, you would like stomp on soda cans and those would be heels. Yes. Because you could hear them click. Yes. yes. And then or, putting, and even nails, like I used to put the, I used to put paper clips on my fingertips and like oh, make yes. the sound, you know? You do that. Or you could wear like a towel as hair and you're like, oh my God, my hair is so long. You talked about being young and so openly queer. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> what was that like for you? Well, I mean, I think everyone in my family knew that I was not like like all of the other little boys. And I can remember, like, I can even remember, like, I think they thought it was unusual that I wanted, like, towards my teen years, that, like, I can remember a conversation happening with my mom and my aunt about the fact that I wanted, like, colored briefs. And my mom was like, why is that, why is that interesting or different? Like, he wore like, you know, He-Man underwear or whatever when he was a little boy. So those are colored underwear. What's the difference? Well, no, now that as they get older, like they need to wear like white underwear and boxers. And my mom was like, he doesn't like that. He's going to wear what he wants to wear. Like as long as he changes them and takes a shower, he can wear whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. And it was a difficult time, I'm sure, for my mom because my mom was a single parent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, only one income. And she also had to work like third shift or swing shift. Mm -hmm. And I was at home like she she was with my stepdad for a while. But after that, I was at home alone a lot. And like we would have neighbors who would I would babysit me or whatever. But as I became like when we moved back to L.A. when I was like 13, well, 12 years old, I guess it was just like us. It was just us. So, you know, I never had like a curfew. I never had any of that. It was just a trust that she had that I was not going to like run the streets. And, you know, n n not 
polishing my own knob or whatever. But, you know, in the reality, like I was never somebody who had, I was never somebody who abused the the privilege of having um, no curfew or, you know, I was never somebody who like really got crazy with alcohol or anything like that. Not saying that I don't enjoy it, but I think because I was an only child and because I had a single parent, I knew how much trust she had in me and how much like leverage she gave me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of that, when we talk about speaking extemporaneously or me, you know, being on a hill and, and dying on a hill about something I feel, what the reason I think that never really had to evolve, it always existed because as a kid, you know, my mom trusted me to go, I need you to go pay the gas bill. And you'd have to go in person to do that. And mm -hmm. I would go in in person to do that. And I'm carrying, you know, a hundred dollars or whatever with me at 12 years old because. Who else was going to do it? We needed one another. You know what I mean? So, so I you had to like, you had to like step up and be like, be your, like right. her partner, you know? Right. And so I was never afraid to speak up for myself or say when something I thought was wrong, you know, I'm not saying I'm always right, but I'm always aware of what's going on. You know, I listen, you know it too. Like there's just this point you get to where you're like, I can smell bullshit a mile away and I can also smell the color of the fucking cow it's coming from like I, I can and I know just because you've been there before you've heard these stories from mm -hmm. people before promises and empty promises and mm -hmm. and and oh, I love you so much and I just met you and it's like that's the and that's what's so and the hardest thing in life is going through it like and having to let it ha unfold on its own Right. Like I like a new person comes in a group like sometimes I'll freaking love them. Sometimes I'm like, I smell something mm -hmm. and I won't like them. But everyone thinks I'm being a bitch. Right. Or like, you know, so I've been working on my nice my niceness. But it's like it always like came from a place of like, I know how this is going to end, guys. Like I am like so hyper vigilant when it comes to like knowing this shit because I had to as a kid. And yeah. so, and like with my surroundings and stuff. And so like, yeah, so we do have, we have a strong reader. The hardest part is like surrendering and how good it feels when you don't get involved and you just let the universe kind of like weed people out on, on the own. And when you didn't like, thousand percent when you didn't overreact or you didn't like, you know, cause it's not my job to teach people about other people and it's not your job. Like, you know what I mean? And so, right. He, like everyone has to figure life out on their own. And I think that is the hardest part about being a vigilant, vig, vigilante. Um, right. Is that it is. It is. It's like you want to warn people or you want to like, you know, but you can't like all we could do is worry about ourselves. And life's a lot easier that way. I've learned. Well, the scary part about that, too, is when you start to apply those principles to like relationships you currently have or have always had. And then you mm -hmm. realize like you realize that there's people that you thought you had like a friendship with. And then you realize like, no, you didn't. You thought you were their friend and they knew all along that they were not, or people that have used you as a chess piece. And then you're like, you feel stupid. And and you, we shouldn't have to feel stupid because there's nothing wrong with going in and, and, and giving your whole heart to a situation. But it is, it is absolutely like this weird deep breath that you take when you're like wow I pride myself on knowing bullshit and I can see the bullshit and I can smell the bullshit mm -hmm. but then when the bullshit like when it happens and you're like 
I just didn't think this applied to me. And when I realized that it did all along, it's crushing and it's embarrassing and it's saddening. You know, when you, when you, I think in life, when you sever a work relationship or a friendship, it's absolutely the same thing as going through a romantic breakup. Mm -hmm. It's very similar because your heart was involved, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for, you know, you've, you've worn a lot of hats professionally in the same field, but a lot of different ways. And you watch certain people get rewarded or not rewarded or names attached to a project that you, you may or may not have been part of. And you're just like, what about me? Like I, and then people are like, Oh, be happy for other people. I am happy for them, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to understand why I'm wrong for not being, not understanding why I'm not getting equally rewarded for doing double the mm -hmm. work. Like, it's just weird. Well, I think that we just always like, you get to a certain point where you realize like not everyone thinks the way that you do and they, right. and, and they're not out. Like I always wanted to, to see the good in people. I, who was I listening to? This is going to take me two seconds. Patsy it's Klein. Gonna, not Patsy Klein. <laughs> <sighs> it was some actor or, oh my God, it's going to kill me. But anyway, like he grew up watching his dad be this singer. Oh, Will Ferrell. I was watching Will Ferrell's interview on Heart to Heart with Kevin Hart. He like interviews people. It's actually really good. They like sit and have a glass of wine. Will Ferrell was on it and he was talking about he grew up watching his dad who was this like amazing musician and but he was so comfortable he would he, he played in this like local restaurant he was like the guitar mm -hmm. player and and they would go as a family to support him and his dad lived this like paycheck to paycheck like struggling artist life and he always wondered like why his dad wasn't like famous famous like he was just like comfortable like being in this like one bar and so as he got older he like kept that in his brain like you could be super talented but unless you like ask for things unless you like put yourself out there like you'll just wind up like your dad like in the same bar which was like fine for his dad but like he wanted more and so like that got right. me thinking and it's so true it's like you could be the most talented person you could be the best producer you could be the best at your job but like it's not up to other people to like tell me that it's not up to them to like give me the reward like I have to just keep working at at it on my own and then like eventually I'll, I'll hopefully I'll get to the place that like I feel like I I want to be at but like yeah I don't know that was just like a little thing that now I think about because I think when I was little I always thought that I would like move to LA and someone like this was my I remember being a little girl and I remember being like I'm just gonna like move to LA when I get older and someone's gonna like find find me like I'm gonna be mm -hmm. walking down the street and someone's gonna be like oh my god you're so beautiful. Like, would you like to like, what do you want to do with your life? Would you like to be an actress? Like, would you like to work in TV? Right. Like, I just always thought like, same with relationships. I always thought like one day I was going to like meet a guy or meet someone. And like, then I was going to figure, then it was all going to be figured out for me. And like, and it's not like that. Like it all takes work, you know, like relationships take work. You're personal life family like I always just thought like oh like families like that I was taught like family's unconditional da 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 but like no family is conditional like I need to be loved a certain way like you know yep. and so I don't know I've been having a lot of like come to Jesus moments this year where I'm like I've reshaped the way I look at the world right right
you have to it's a constant evolution and a constant recognition of like you know what what's the what's the war and what's the battle and what is what where can i give and where can i take you know i perform this number from time to time and it's like a little mix with an eartha kit conversation where she talks about compromise and like she kind of like does this thing where she's like compromise for what reason like i'm not compromising and i get that in some in some ways but the reality is that we have to compromise Mm -hmm. all the time right but mm -hmm. we want to do it in such a way that you know we're not letting somebody have the upper hand to make us feel like shit like that's not you know I, I just was talking to someone the other day about like I don't think there's is there really such thing as a two-week notice anymore for a job like <laughs> yeah. or is the job just going to get rid of you when they get rid of you so like the two-week notice is just going to be fucking uncomfortable for everybody anyway unless you've been working for a company forever and you're like well, I'm going to be, you know, moving to the same company, but in Kansas City. So here's my two week notice. Well, that's going to be two weeks of people bringing in cranberry loaf for you and somebody bringing you a Bath and Body Works gift. Well, that's wonderful. But if you work at a place where they turn people in and out, in and out, and you give a two week notice, they would never, they would never give a shit about you ever. It's so true. Like, why pay you for two more weeks? Why? Why? You don't want to be here and we don't want you here. When people don't even fire people in person anymore, it's like no. an email or like a Zoom call. It's like, or someone else, they have a whole department just for firing people. So it's like, right. fuck. I was gonna, Correct. oh my God, cranberries. You are really trying to make cranberries happen. <laughs> I would love it. I mean, I, I personally do it's not brilliant. like- Well, I don't like cranberries really on like my Thanksgiving food. Like, you know, when people do like cranberry sauce on turkey or whatever. I get why that's a thing, but I like I want them standalone. I don't want them necessarily on my savories, mm -hmm. but I do want them in coffee cakes, breads, you j jams with maybe like a cheese spread. That sounds so good to me. Ooh. Yeah, desserts. You know what you have to try? Do you ever go to Jack in the Box? I okay, so I used to like be obsessed with Jack in the Box. Okay, but so I know the menu. I know the menu extensively. So fill me in. New item, new item alert for the fall. And I just had them. They are for $5. They're six pieces and they're like pretty generous sized pieces. What they call pumpkin. They're called pumpkin croissant bites. Get out of here. Okay. So now croissant, they don't give sir. me croissant, but they do give me like a chewy dough. Mm -hmm. But the inside is fabulously pumpkin. They're so good. They're five bucks. It is like, if you connected them all together, it would be like, I, it would be like that big of a, why do I have a butter knife? Um, <laughs> they would be like that big of a Danish. So, I mean, it's the same price uh, as you would go anywhere else. They're fucking good. Although I did, one of them had no filling in it, but that's fine. It was just a fluke. They know, they knew, they knew that they, they knew you were coming. But I praise them. I love it. I love it. They're um, good. I used to go off on the taco. I used to love the combination. I love a place where you can get a taco and a French fry. It's why I right. always love Del Taco. Like right. I, lo I loved that I could get a quesadilla, a hamburger if I wanted it, like and a French fry. Jack in the Box. I used to. I used to dip the tacos in ranch. Oh yes, with the hot sauce too. So good, but like I love one of their crew member shirts. One of their employee crew member shirts on the mm -hmm. back says, 
I will have ranch with my egg rolls. Like that's their <laughs> uniform. It's fucking good. Mixed with the curly fries. It's just like so good. But yeah, no, it all. there was a Jack in the Box like right by our house growing up. So like lots of fond memories at uh, the Jack in the Box. Yeah. I was going to bring up to you. I, because people don't ever talk about how like the food changes at fast food places as right. time goes on, like things evolve. Like I remember that in and out used to be better. Like it was, it was, oh, different. It, sure was. it tasted different. The burgers were different. It was a different establishment. Burger I feel like King, your fries were always flabby, but that's me. Fries always sucked. We, me and my grandma were so crazy that we would go, I would well, no, I was the crazy one, but we would go and get, do you remember Burger King's chicken, nuggets that were very different back in the day yes i do i do describe them i can describe them well they were definitely crispier crispier but they what were i skinny. will tell you is that they brought back or they brought out a new spicy nugget and they're really good they're Maybe. not crispy but the sauce is that sauce that's on them is super good i remember now, have you had chicken being... fries Oh, yeah. Chicken fries were the closest thing that reminded me of the original chicken nugget. Right. It was skinnier. They were smaller. They were smaller, but thin. And uh-huh. they were like a darker brown because of uh-huh. the spice. They were spicy. I remember them being yeah. like, they had this spiciness to them. And they were so good. And I couldn't stand McDonald's chicken nuggets back in the day. They've gotten better. But back in the day... They would always have the veins and shit in them. And that used to grow. Oh, all me the out. ventricles. Uh-huh. The ventricles. And they had the brown meat. And I was a white, I'm a white meat kind of girl. And so I would make my grandma go to Burger King for the chicken nuggets. And then we would go across the street for the French fries at McDonald's and the Diet Cokes were better. So we I am 100% on board with going to more than one restaurant for a meal. And I will do it for anyone that I'm with. If they're like, oh, I don't want to go there. I will tell people, like I will tell my partner, I would tell friends, if anyone's going to eat with me, like I'm going to get something here. But if you want me to stop somewhere else, please, it, from my actual heart, no, it will not bother me to stop. I will absolutely stop because I have, I want you to enjoy your food. Yeah. I want you to enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll stop. I'll stop. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm just saying. I mean, if you throw a party, you're going to go get food from like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go get the meat from here for the barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I like to get these things from Trader Joe's. And I like to get these, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so what's yeah. the difference? What's the fucking difference? What's the difference? I loved on a very Delta episode, you talked about like things that you eat in private because I am quite a private eater. Okay. I've always been a private eater. I think it's because like we only ate as a family grown. Like, honestly, my mom, it was very like, my mom didn't let me eat at other people's houses. So like, it was Uh very like, we ate at home. And so I don't know, like, even as I got older, I'm not the girl that likes to go to lunch with people. Like, I'll go to like a brunch for the social aspect, but like, I don't really like going to lunch with people. Like even when I was at like in an office, like they would go together and I'd be like, no, like I want to go eat alone. But like, so I don't know. But yeah, I don't, I, if I eat with you, it's cause I'm comfortable with you. Sure. Sure. I get that. I mean, I can remember, um, you know, there's always that story that people know that like RuPaul does not like to eat with people, like unless she knows them. And when we went to the UK to shoot the Pirelli calendar, like she was kind of forced into eating a meal with us and 
we went to go have fish and chips at this restaurant that was a couple of levels up. And I think she knew someone there or something, but she really did. Like we were all eating. It was like me, her, Raven and Theron. And we were like eating fish and chips. And we were like, oh, this is so great. And she was eating it, but she was kind of picking at it. And so, you know, I don't know what goes on in her head. You know, maybe there's just something psychologically that makes her uncomfortable. Or maybe she's just like, I don't like really hanging out with you, but I don't have a choice. You know, it could have been that. I will say she picked up the check, which was very nice. But I bet it's um, me. I bet it's just like some like deep seated insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But also I'm just a pig sometimes. Like I love like you know, like if I eat like, oh my God, like I love to eat like big burritos alone. <laughs> oh, you do? Mm-hmm. But what kind of burrito though? Like what's... See Delta, like I, my life has really changed a lot. Like I went vegan five years ago. I'm very particular about like the things I eat now, but like burritos, beans and rice. I eat a bean. Okay. This is my burrito order. It's beans, rice, and that's it. <laughs> What no sauce or anything? Yes, lots of salsa. Like it's and and if like if I'm feeling like extra like flirty, I'll ask them. Like when I go to San Diego, the first thing I do as soon as I get into San Diego is go to one of the drive-through like Albertos that are open 24 hours. Uh-huh. Like the, the barn type style. Yeah. Like off. Oh, oh, there's nothing like so it. There's nothing like it. And I like as you leave LA, you'll find them more, but I've never found like one as good as like San Diego in LA but yeah like I'll I'll get like just beans rice and sometimes I'll have them add french fries if I'm feeling like crazy and then like a salsa fresco and and sometimes guacamole too for like that added like kind of veggie moment but Mm -hmm. that does it for me it still does it yeah I'm a red sauce girl I'm a red sauce girl I just had this conversation with Jasmine Masters about how there's something extra special about the Mexican food in San Diego. There's just something extra special. I have a a ton of favorite Mexican restaurants here in LA. Lots of hole in the wall, like mm-hmm. in in like my neighborhood and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I and I love them and I'll champion them. But there's something about San Diego Mexican food that's just a little bit different. Like it's like you're gonna find bet you're gonna find good quality in a lot more places. Like you could go anywhere. Like I like you, you could, could go like, anywhere. Yeah, you could yes. type in like Albertos when you're in San Diego and it'll it you'll find and yeah, I I've told LA people about that too. I'm like, when you go to San Diego, like find the like the one that's attached to like a gas station and you're yep. gonna have the best Mexican food ever. It's what I feel like Los Tacos Los Tacos was like Raja used to take me there back in the yep. day. Close, just not there. Not, uh-huh. no, it's not quite there. I feel you. I feel you. But like, go and the tacos. thing is, we're able to hold space for all the other places. Like, I'm not, this is not like a dig on any other restaurant. No it's dig. just saying, per no capita, dig. if I threw a stone in San Diego, I could hit a restaurant where I'm like, it's going to be fucking good. But, mm. you know, the same thing goes with like taco trucks, like taco trucks in LA. Like, you know, they're, oh, so I'll, I'll support all of them, but, you know, they don't all hit the way. Some do. You know what I mean? Do you remember Steakums? That sounds familiar to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like thinking of vintage because you talk about like, I see you always have like the Milanos on your, like you always have uh-huh. like, like time period, like food. Right. Like, like, um, and I was thinking of like foods that like don't like no one really talks about anymore. And like Steakums, I feel like is one of them. They were like frozen, like 
things of meat and you would like fry meat them bites. meat bites like hamburger helper like vibes which was like, yeah, my, yeah. Fa- my fucking favorite as a kid i love oh my god that and those french bread fucking frozen pizzas do you remember those oh for sure french bread you would put them in the microwave and they, and uh. you would like uh put they they would make like the the like metal the metal like um platform Imprint. for you to put it on and it like made it crispier yep yep that's so funny so funny i loved hearing that you worked at wiener stencil i did for a very short period of time but my badge i think my mom has my badge from that i personally like i didn't enjoy working there but i will say that i have always 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 enjoyed my jobs in like retail customer service Mm-hmm. like in a department store or working at Old Navy or working places like that, because um, I like this idea of being able to turn a negative experience into a positive experience. And I, re- because I'm a competitive person, when I worked in department store, we used to get like rankings. So like you would be like a ruby star, a diamond star, a double diamond or whatever. And those were based on mystery shoppers. So I always went to work thinking like, there is going to be a mystery shopper here today and they will not catch me chewing gum. They will not catch me with my clothes wrinkled. They will not catch me being unfriendly. And even if like everyone in my zone is going to know that I'm aware that they're there. And like, that was always the thing with like loss prevention. Like I always knew like the first part of loss prevention is letting people in your area know that I know that you're here. I know that you're here. So if you disappear and you haven't bought something, I know that you You know, it was like that thing. So I loved providing. I I actually thought for a long time, I will probably end up being like a a department store manager. I will be somebody like that works for like Gap, like because I work for Old Navy, which is obviously Gap. I will work uh, as a district manager going from store to store. Like I, and I think that's why I'm so hard on when I go places and I don't get excellent customer service because I I feel like I was raised, I was raised knowing that that is your job. And now, of course, you know, anytime you say anything like that on social media, people are like, well, did you know that the average worker beep, bop, boop? And did you know that? Da, 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 and did you know that? And they shouldn't give their life for you. And, and it's like, I get it. But I still, at the end of the day, believe the same thing that I believe in the beginning of the day. And that is, if you are drawing a paycheck from somewhere, you need to at least be giving 100% of what's being asked of you or you don't get 100% of your pay. Yeah. It's simple. It really is simple. If you don't like that job and you're being treated negatively, I absolutely agree that you should speak up for yourself and you should let somebody know. Like you should not be abused for your job at all, but you shouldn't take out your aggression on the employers, on other customers and be like, oh, you fucking bitch. I'm going to, here's this. I'm going to give it to you wrong just because it makes me feel good. Like that is so Mm -hmm. weird to me. Well, it's the same reason why you should be able to speak up if, like, you notice, like, etiquette in the people that attend your shows, you know? That was right. something I always noticed from the beginning, and I was, I remember, like, taking so much notes, like, watching, like, my first drag show was, like, just absorbing everything, and it was, like, okay, what do I need to learn here? Like, what do I need to learn to, like, have respect? You know what I mean? One, like, I shouldn't be on my phone. Like, I'm watching, it's, like, being in a theater show, and, like, getting your phone out and texting. Like they tell you in the movies over and over to put your phone away. So like when you go to a drag show, it should be the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? I noticed that 
I noticed that like people always had money like in their hand, but not being, and the Queens respected people that weren't being annoying about it. Like there's like an etiquette to like holding the dollar out so that like a queen sees that you would like to tip them, but not being like so obnoxious that you're like here, like you're like um, a a circus, like or something like that. You're like, like try, like come here. Like, you know, I think people like, it's so hard for them to like, because I've watched it happen in audiences before where it like becomes this like, and it's probably alcohol induced at the end of sure. the day. Sure. But like, it's crazy the lack of like self-awareness people have sometimes in an audience. And so like all the times that like you guys have been funny about like being vocal about it, it's like, it's all, it's all true. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think what happens like the, when I have the biggest problem with it is when there are gay people that bring their friends, their straight friends to a show mm-hmm. and they don't let them know. And like, I'll experience that like at a brunch, for instance, because I absolutely am on board with the fact that a tip is a gratuity and you don't owe anyone. It is part of the culture and it does happen. But what happens is sometimes people, their friends bring them and they don't tell them like, hey, um, you know, there a lot of people, performers are going to come out like, you tip tip them every once in a while, whatever, but they don't tell them that. And it's not always that people don't have money. They didn't know that they were supposed to or that it was part of the fun. What's weird to me um, is when people go out of their way to like almost knock you over to take a picture and they want you to do this and and they'll, and they'll, you know, they'll want to do all this shenanigans and tomfoolery and they've got a table full of alcohol. They've got food, they've got props, they've got all this stuff. And they want to pull on you. And it's like, everybody here has a camera and not one person had a dollar. And I'll, and I, and I'll, I don't say that, but I just think to myself, like, they have to see everybody else here. Like, and I'm not saying you have to shower me with money. I understand it's a gratuity, but why would you not want to be gracious to somebody who you're expecting to stop what they're doing and take pictures? I always want to take pictures and I love it. But when they bogart you away from everyone else who's watching mm-hmm. the show, it makes it a little bit disrespectful to everybody else who's there. Completely. And I, I I would like the listeners to know too. It's like there, there's a beautiful way to enjoy a drag show where like both, like both the audience and the drag queen feels like respected. And, and like, if you hold that dollar, like, like dainty, daintily in front of you and like a queen will come to you. Like they yeah. will come. They will come and then you probably get a moment. You'll get this moment where like, there's like this beautiful moment when the queen like takes the dollar bill from your hand and gives you the, the, the second of like attention that like you wanted that you could have gotten if you just sat there and like, let them come to you and didn't slap their ass. There's (laughs) There's something else that happens, which is really like, really blows my mind. And that is when you're at like a brunch situation mm-hmm. and the host of the show will do like, hey, we're going to do the celebrations. So they'll bring people up. They'll do a shot or maybe not a shot, whatever it is, mm-hmm. depending upon the location. But you might be performing your number and a group of people that have a reservation will decide that it's their time to start singing happy birthday. <laughs> and you're doing your number and they're like, they're up singing happy birthday. And you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Like, for real like yeah. you really are like yeah you don't we don't give a fuck about you we want you to know 
that you are in fact just a piece of the backdrop to what we're doing here. Mm. It's strange. It is strange. It's like, you're not just like the aesthetic. Right. You know what I mean? Like you literally like, this is, this is your job. Like you came to yeah. perform. That shit's crazy. Um, I just got Amazon packages, by the way. Oh, we're going to open them in two fucking seconds. You want to see? I'm like reading my notes to make sure I like talked about everything with you and our beautiful <laughs> friendship. Um, Do you remember Tab? Uh, this The drink Tab? Of yes. course. You remind me like I could picture you sitting at home drinking Tab today. I would drink I a Tab. I would drink. I actually wonder if like you go to like, like um, BevMo or places like that, if they have that kind of stuff. I think it got banned or something. Like, I remember being a kid and my grandma telling me that my aunt died from drinking too much tab. Stop it. I I swear to God. Stop it. She's like, she drank too much. She's like, she drank too much tab. She's a lie. She's lying. I'm sure she smoked like packs of cigarettes and it was lots of other things. But (laughs) But it was the tab. It was the fucking tab. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. I wrote. I'm curious what Delta's porn search history is because mine's wild. <laughs> is it like what's in yours? No, it's like so not wild. It's like embarrassing, and I can't even believe I'm about to tell you. But like, I'm a romantic at heart. Like I, <laughs> I love to see like like women like being like treated right. Like like I okay. literally like I'll literally search like passionate love making. <laughs> Oh, well, I always thought, I I really for a long time thought, like, I don't think, like, heterosexual women particularly, like, look at porn. Like, I always assumed it was more, like, more, more audio than anything. It's very, like, yeah, like, because we just need to, like, we're very, in, I, I mean, I'm very in my mind. Like, I, all, I told, I told Marco's stuff, Marco's studio yesterday, like, I could get, like, tingly like watching people make out like I'm like okay. a very because because I put myself in it I'm like picturing someone else and like but I I was so curious about this because one like that's the thing is like a lot like I don't want to see a girl like choked or like hurt or like making uh-huh. the, the funny noises that you and Raja um would always do like I mean, uh-huh. like I don't want to I don't want that like I'll listen to it on silent if, if it's okay. that kind, if it gets to be like loud noises, I'm like volume down. Right. But like if it's like the beginning kissing, like I like those noises, but I used to like sometimes watch girl on girl and I was like full blown lesbian over here. No, but like I did read, but I'm like, no, I'm still attracted to men. I love being in relationships with men. What is up with this? And I Googled it and 80, like two percent, 80% of cis straight women watch girl on girl because they like it's like they're like treating each other right <laughs> like it's isn't like... that but that's like the beautiful part of like when I say like oh we had the promise of like you know flying cars and 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 this that and the other but we are also in a place where we a place in time where we don't have to explain any of it like we don't particularly need an explanation. If something turns someone on, it does. And if it and something else doesn't, and it could change. It can change from moment to moment. It can change from person to person. Mm-hmm. We're able to see that being realized in um, who's coupling up with whom based on presentation 
based on um, uh, how they connect emotionally. Like, uh, there's you know, so much time, more to it. There's so much more to it. Once upon a time, it. it was a secret. Like, somebody being with someone trans was a secret across the board. And of course, mm -hmm. still, you know, I can't speak to any of the experiences. And I'm not trying to, to say that I know I'm the authority on that. But also, too, once upon a time, there was, a, you know, uh, guys saying like, oh, I, I love BBWs. I love big, beautiful women. It used to be like such a secret. And now there, and then, because I've even seen like, there's people that I follow online. There's this woman, her name is, I think her name's Andrea. Her part, she, she works out and she does all that, but she's a very plus size woman. And her husband is this like super ripped guy. And people are all the time like, why are you with her? And he's like, I find her so hot. And I always have. And like, I love her. But mm -hmm. she's also like, she, her body turns me on. And people are like, why would you say that? And he's like, because it's the truth. Because some people like athletic looking people. And some people like people with a mustache. And some people don't care what you look like. Some people want to be with you and never have sex with you. They want to commit their life to you. It could be whatever. And that's the, that is the beautiful part. So when you mm -hmm. say like, this turns you on, maybe it does that day. But maybe that's not the sexual, actual, and, physical encounter mm -hmm. you want. Exactly. And it's so fluid and it's ever changing. And that's when I started to realize that, like, it isn't so black and white. And it no. doesn't. You don't need to be in one lane. And that's why, you know what I mean? It could, it changes all the time. There's some weeks where, like, I'm really feeling like a strong, like, heterosexual man. Like, that. Like that's the kind of guy I'm, like into and like want to be talking to and dating and then like some weeks it's like the opposite you know and so it's like it's ever changing and it's all like it's so weird that like people used to put themselves in boxes before like even experiencing like 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 into I remember the first that's when I realized I was pansexual was when I was attracted to like my first trans man because I was like this mm -hmm. changes fucking everything like then right. that really blew my head out of the water because I was like fuck like it really is just like the the aura the 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 inside of the person that I'm attracted when did you realize that you were just greedy and horny <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> I'm like I want I want them all <laughs> I want everybody I want you all. I need a uh, hole in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh my God. Let's stop right here and, um, and open our Amazon packages. Okay. So yesterday I texted Delta and I was like, what's your address? I'm sending you something. And I was like praying that it arrived today and it did. So pull it out. And I want you I want you to open it for everyone. And guess what? I got one too. Okay. Well, the problem is that I got two Amazon packages today. Okay. I was waiting on two and I was then yours. So that would be the third, but only two things arrived and I don't have an updated notification, which of my things arrived. So I'm going to have to open two packages and we'll see which is which. Okay. Okay. So and the I'm... first one is in this. Okay. And I'm opening it now. Okay, I ordered this. Okay, what is it? <laughs> and it's a headband. Um, for Halloween. <laughs> for Halloween. It's called the Kukuland Butterfly Head Piece. Oh my God. That I was going to add stuff to. So that's that's not you. Okay. Here's the other one. That mu that That's mine because it looks just like my packaging. Okay. So we'll open Are you opening it. yours or I'm not? I'm opening mine. Okay, hold on. I, I also crystalled this new microphone and I don't have a holder for it yet. So I'm going to put it between my legs for a sec. Okay, I'm trying here. But I don't want to fuck up my... 
I don't know what's in here, so I don't want to fuck it Oh my it god, up. oh my god, it's so, it's so cute. I really hope you got it too. <laughs> oh my god, it's in a box. Okay, it's okay, yes. nicely. Yes, okay, what is, what is the name of the company? The company's called Artisan, oh shit, hold on. What's it's it called got? Artisan Owl. Stop it. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, this is really good quality. I can't believe it. Oh my god, it's super nice. It's the owl necklace. The Chanel Perillo 2009-2010 specialty. This is how I know Chanel Perillo is through an owl. I cannot believe you bought this. I'm fucking wearing this. We have matching owl necklaces now, and it's a magnifier. Magnified? How, oh how my god, it magnifier? sure is. So we could read people with it. This is everything. <laughs> I absolutely adore this. This is everything. This is like the next level of, you know, I collect owl things anyway. No, like, I never knew that. It's kind of a newish thing for me based like the last like five years or so. But like, I love owl Christmas ornaments, like little, little owl, yeah. like birds or whatever. But this, I'm going to wear this. Like this is coming up. This has to be on a November episode of Very Delta. Yeah. Oh my God. Look how cute is that? Okay. I put it on, but okay. Wait, I'm so excited. You're going to wear it. And I can't believe we both got them on the same day. I so am gagged. For those of you that don't know, they I feel like you and Raja talked about it on Very That. And then yeah. we talked about it on Very Delta. But when yep. I first met De Delta, it was like, it was just like, you just knew I was that girl that wore owl necklaces in high school. It was and the for owl necklaces. Of course, people do not know, maybe, maybe do not know that I call you star booty because you used to have leggings that you wore that had different sizes of stars on them. <laughs> there was, I don't know if you wore Uggs, but you had some kind of a slouch boot at the time here when, and there. When I got the job on Drag Race, I like, I loved to dress up since I was a little girl anyway. And then I, I felt like I found this job where I was like the only girl, like, like you could count the number of women on set. Like, and yeah. I was the only girl that like, wore makeup and like dressed up and stuff like like I was going to work every day like full face red lipstick oh you sure did boot like the craziest thing is looking back now and like everyone like wears like you wear runner like running shoes on set right you're literally running around all day I had a fucking wedge booty on you that sure I did wear, wear all fucking day with tights and it was so cold that I would wear tights with like skirts and like which is crazy because it's hard for me to even like put on pants these days. Yeah. So I'm glad that you remember forever in this time capsule, you'll remember this version of me that I'll always want you to remind me of because I, I hope love to it. never it's my lose favorite. her. It's so cute. All right. Well, I think I'm like, I really took up. We, we've been going, girl. I love it. I love, I love it. it. Did you have fun on Shut Up Chanel? I had a blast. I loved this so, so much because the best podcasts to me are when people are just shooting this shit about whatever's randomly is happening because I feel like that's when you get the most insight. When you were on uh, on Very Delta, I feel like that is what, I feel like that's what I want to share with people. Isn't like, it doesn't have to be a list of like, what is your current project? Tell me about the war and how do you feel about the war? Like, we already know that stuff. Like, 
I, I, I want to share with people the silly things because I think that's when they can get the most insight into who you mm. really are. I mean, and thank you for Very Delta because one, it like kind of really inspired me to get this going. And, and a lot of it was like after I did Very Delta, like people were coming up to me and being like, that was so authentic what you said on, on Very Delta and it was so inspiring. And I, I, al I also, and like people that worked in product, I went to this like Raja drag show when I heard one woman show and these guys came up to me and they're like I used to steal from crafty to like when I had no money and that was relatable. Yes. and so yeah thank you for having me on your pod and I'm so grateful that you came on mine thank you for having me here thank you for my gift I'm literally <gasps> like I have to wear it ASAP oh my god we're owl girls forever <laughs> shout forever. out to and all the owl girls listening at the same time yes and reading all right, I love you so much. Thank I you love so you. much for doing this. And I can't wait for this to come out. I'll see you soon. I love you. Shut up, Chanel. <sighs> Tell me to shut up one more time. Shut up, Chanel. <laughs> <laughs>